to another week of It's Just My Thoughts, and I'm your host, Mika Reeves. And I'm happy to be back this week. Uh, Last week um, was my first episode off, um, and I was out of town. I'm going to talk about that a little later. Uh, So let's just get into the episode. I wanted to start this week uh, by saying rest in peace to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, uh, The loss is tremendous for, you know, all of us and, and, you know, everything that she stood for, um, you know, is always a level of just gratefulness. And um, I wanted to also just give a quote to um, from her. Is actually one of my favorite ones. And the quote is, my mother told me to be a lady. And for her, that meant be your own person, be independent. And it just kind of speaks to uh, her beliefs and what she fought for. And even, you know, with her struggling with cancer, um, you know, you saw that uh, she still was trying to hold on for everyone to make it to um, where, you know, we, we hopefully see a new president and, you know, the replacement to her seat. So that just really just speaks to the type of person that she was. And so definitely I want to say, and I wanted to start today saying rest in peace and just give my condolences to the family. Um, that's actually a really, you know, crushing loss, um, for all of us. And, uh, 2020 is just, we've had so much loss. You know, I was talking to my kid about it just this year. It's just, it felt like blow at the blow at the blow. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, start, start there and just urge everyone that, um, I know a lot of times, especially, you know, I'm in my thirties. So I, I get it a lot from like the younger, you know, crowd about how, you know, your vote doesn't matter or, and things like that, but it does. And I think this, um, this voting period is probably one of our most important and we need to vote like our life depends on it. And there's so many people that, you know, is fighting for us in general. And so we have to do our part too and make sure that we vote. So definitely, you know, um, vote, um, everyone, regardless of, um, you know, whether you feel like your vote matters or not, it does matter. And, um, you know, you have that right to do that. So definitely vote. So, all right. Um, so where have I been? So last week I went to backpacking in, in the great smokies and, um, it was crazy for one. So we started, we got up at about four in the morning. We drove to Tennessee and my backpack was about 35 pounds. Um, about 30, 35 pounds. I try to basically pack nothing. And so, uh, I tried to pack as little as most close to nothing as I could, because I knew that I was going to be, um, doing a whole bunch of hiking. So when we first started, we went from, um, we walked, we, we basically hiked up a mountain, Um, so the first six miles was straight incline. It was absolutely insane. And I'm not going to lie. Like I, I, for a moment there just had to keep pushing myself because I didn't, I didn't know when I was going to make it, you know? And so it really was uh, a lot of mental. So when we got to, we walked up the mountain, halfway up the mountain, we got to the Appalachian trail and then we took a break, you know, kind of got our thoughts together, drank some water then we had to walk another, uh, let's see, another about three miles up. And then when we got to the top of the mountain, um, it was beautiful, beautiful views. 
we did that and we had lunch on the top of the mountain. It was like a watchtower up there that you could really see the views. And we were literally like, it felt like we were up in the clouds. So from there, we had a trek back down the mountain and then we had to walk to the campsite, which was another um, about seven and a half miles from what we just walked. And it wasn't too, too, too bad. Um, it started leveling off once we started walking towards the campgrounds. So I really kind of got my second win and just really just started hustling, you know, to get there. Um, so in total on Saturday, we did close to 14 miles of hiking before we made it back to the campsite and we spent the night out there. Um, and then that morning we got up and we walked about four miles to get out of the, um, to get out of the, uh, from the campsite back to the cars. So in total, we probably did for the weekend about 18 miles, 18, 20 miles. And it was pretty, I mean, it was really cool. It was really rewarding. Um, by the time I made it to the campsite, my, my whole entire body felt like I was going to fucking break there for a moment. Um, I'm still a little sore and it's a week later and I'm still, my legs are still a little bit sore, but it was very rewarding. It was, um, it was really cool to just be out in nature, you know, going to sleep and just listening to, um, all the animals and all that stuff and the bugs and nature and all that, you know, it was really relaxing. It was really calming. I had a headlamp on because I don't know if you realize, but when you're out in the wilderness, um, there's no lights. And so it's dark as shit, like pitch black, dark. So we had to wear headlamps when it got dark. And um, so I spent a lot of time in my tent uh, reading and things like that. And um, and uh, I was exhausted, though. So, But it was really rewarding to do. It was really fun. I was really glad that I did it. Um, I have friends that go, you know, like every two to three months. I don't think that'll be me. I might do this once a year, you know, because it's, it's it was a lot. But um it was good just to kind of get out and just kind of breathe and just take a break and uh, decompress. But I did miss talking to y'all. Um, another thing that was interesting was when I got back, um, which was crazy. We stayed in campsite 35, but in campsite 82, um, they actually found a, a black bear eating, uh, a man out there. So that was scary as fuck. And I was glad that nothing like that happened to us. We were really careful though. And we like had to hang our food up and we didn't leave any trash or anything like that to maybe attract any bears. But, um, that was pretty crazy. And that was just like, wow. But, um, but I wasn't afraid the whole time I was out there, I wasn't afraid of bears and I wasn't afraid of snakes surprisingly. Um, but we were pretty careful too. Like we, we kind of made sure we followed the rules and the safety precautions. So, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty much my weekend last week. And that's what I did the whole weekend. Um, that's why I wasn't able to record, uh, because I was pretty much disconnected from the world and having service or anything while I was out there. So that was pretty much how I spent majority of my time. And it was, and it was fun. I'm just, I'm still feeling it though, y'all really. But I think if you ever want to take time for yourself and just sit and think and put your mind on something else, like hiking is definitely something that, you know, is the most relaxing shit in the world, even though like it can be, you know, brutal on your body, but I mean, it's the most relaxing shit in the world. And it's, and I think it's a good uh, level of self-care. Um, so let's just roll into motivational Monday. So this, this week I'm going to revisit, um, love languages. You know, I've, I've been spending a lot of time talking about self-care and self-love and, uh, because I feel like you know, this year's just been tough for everybody. And it's something that 
Um, we all, you know, it's, it's kind of just been a new normal, just basically just spend a lot of time with yourself. You know, that's how I kind of feel. And so for me, um, I wanted you guys to, uh, for motivational Monday, look up, um, love languages because we're going to revisit that today. And I think you can find a self love language test to where you can answer the questions based on how you, how you choose to love yourself. And I think a lot of times people don't really think about doing love languages for themselves because, um, a lot of times, and I used to be that person, like, I'm like, Oh, these are my love languages, but your love languages are definitely different based on every relationship. And so your love languages towards yourself can be different. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it later in an episode, because this is what the thought of the week is about. But, um, my love language is different based on a lot of my relationships. Every relationship I think I love or want to receive love differently from different people. And so um, I think sometimes we don't do due diligence to ourselves to think about how do we want, how do we spend our time loving ourselves because your, your relationship with yourself is your most important relationship. So let's just do that for Motivational Monday and start there and kind of be reflective on yourself and give yourself some stuff to think about just on how, you know, uh, you can kind of start with your self care journey. All right. So I have two black excellence today that I'm going to roll through. Um, so last week we saw Naomi Osaka. She won her third major, um, by winning the U S open. What I thought was kind of dope with Naomi was that this year, um, she came out with her face mask and she had different people, um, different, um, victims names on her mask. And, um, what I thought was important about it and why I wanted her to be my black excellence today was that she basically was saying that she wanted to start the conversation of just, you know, bringing awareness. And I think it's so important that, um, when people say athletes shouldn't be all in politics, athletes very much should, you know, be a part of the conversation from the standpoint of when you bring awareness to something, it can open many people's eyes to maybe something that they didn't realize. Um, I was looking at something on, um, uh, I think I was on Twitter and it was showing, um, it was showing Japanese uh, TV and they actually were doing a, um, they were doing a, uh, like documentary, um, based on the, some of the black lives that was killed. Um, and it was due to the fact that she wore these names on her, um, on her face mask. And it, and that was a clear sign of how it like literally brought awareness to, um, you know, uh, the people and like in in a different nation is what I'm trying to say. And so it made people start kind of like talk about that. Maybe they didn't know about these things going on in America. And so I think that when you kind of can start the conversation and make people think about some of the things that people are fighting against, it kind of gives you a better sense of, well, other people, a better sense of just the magnitude of the situation and why people feel the way they feel and why this may be important. So I thought that was, um, I thought that was really cool when I saw that on top of the fact that she won, but I thought it was cool that she used that platform to maybe bring awareness to a different set of people that may, might not have really, um, fully understood or known what really was going on because it's, it's easy to do, especially when you don't live in America. Um, I have a book club and we have people from all over from England and, um, Canada and just all over. And, 
um, that join in and it's been really cool because we've been able to connect on Zoom. So a lot of people have been joining in from different places. And when you talk to people, like a lot of times, like when we have uh, read books that may be talking about race relations and things like that, sometimes they don't fully understand um, like, you know, how we may feel as Americans because some of their realities is not the same, even down to like interracial dating and things like that. Like they don't understand why it's still like this weird weirdness with that here. And so, you know, I think it's important when you kind of can speak to different um, areas, you know, and, and different ethnicities, because a lot of times um, the shit with America and, and the stuff that we have deeply rooted here, it's not the same in other places, you know, because we have some deeply rooted shit that goes back you know, to slavery and things like that. And so, um, race relations is something that clearly, you know, uh, is very prevalent here. Um, still fighting for, you know, equality in a sense and things like that. And so, um, I wanted to salute her for that. Cause I thought that was really dope that she used that platform for that. All right. My other person was, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross. I have been, um, geeked since, uh, last week I've been binge watching girlfriends um all week and uh that show is so freaking relevant now when you actually watch it as an adult I watched it when it first came on tv and I was a teenager when it first came on tv and so I didn't see all the episodes and I didn't you know some stuff I didn't it didn't fully resonate because you know I was a kid you know and had really experienced all this stuff but when you watch it now the levels of of nuggets they were dropping on that show is just incredible and it's hilarious too but I wanted to acknowledge Tracy Ellis Ross because she landed she landed an overall deal with ABC Signature Studios to continue to develop new projects she's over the mixish um I think that's one of her projects that is a spinoff of blackish and um I think it's good you know to see Tracy Ellis Ross like you know get her flowers you know and get acknowledged because she's been in the game for so long and um you know really it really took for really blackish to kind of really put her out there and really and really show her show you know um her stand power and all of that because I mean for a long time you really didn't see her before blackish like that and so I was just happy to see that you know she still continued to get that shine and still continue to get acknowledgement so um I wanted to salute both of those ladies today for black excellence all right, so let's go into hot topics. I actually have quite a few, but not too many, but I, I have some shit to talk about today. So first I wanted to talk about um, uh, Breonna Taylor family. Um, they received a $12 million settlement. This case has been something that's just been on my heart for you know this whole year. Um, this has actually been one of the ones that really has just been like on my heart because it's just... Um, I just think it's just, uh, incredulous, you know, um, am I glad that her family got a settlement for, you know, the situation? Yeah. But even, you know, listen to her mom speak when they address the press and all of that, she's still speaking on the fact that she wants justice for her daughter. And I, I get tired of like the narrative of like, you know, we're going to pay these people, which yeah, you should you know, because clearly you made a mistake and you killed their daughter, but you also need to, um, justice needs to happen for, for what happened. Um, because it's a lot of just negligence with the whole entire situation. So 
Um, I definitely, you know, um, think about her family all the time and I definitely hope that they can get, um, some level of closure, but I think that closure won't come until, you know, the, the cops that, um, were responsible for this be arrested or whoever was responsible for it in general be arrested. Cause just needs to happen because, um, you know, they let her bleed out and all those things. So it's not just about, um, you know, the mistake is all about how you handle it as well too. Um, after the fact, um, by still letting her bleed out and things like that. So, um, de- justice definitely needs to happen. And I hope that happens for that family. Cause I could only imagine. And if that was my child, um, you know, I wouldn't fucking rest until justice came to whoever is responsible for it. So, um, it was good to see that they got a $12 million settlement, but that still wouldn't be enough for me. Um, so prayers to our family, uh, like always, and just, you know, uh, we, it's still a lot of work that, that needs to be done in regards to that case. All right. So for the rest of this time, I'm going to just talk about shit. So this week, I don't know. I've been trying to think, and I was trying to go back on some episodes, but I have so many and I can't remember which one it was. I'm not sure if I talked about Andrew Gilliam. Um, I'm not sure if I did or not, but I'm going to give a quick little synopsis on who he is and what happened, um, to catch you up. So I don't know if you guys remember, but Andrew was the, let's see, was he the mayor of Tallahassee? I want to say. And then he was in that tight race in Florida and he basically was robbed, um, in Florida. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, but that's when like the fucking, the polling stations weren't working and ballots and shit were missing. And he basically ended up losing down in Florida, but he was robbed though. Him and Stacey Abrams, but that's no story. So beginning of this year, right before COVID hit, which I think was beneficial on his part that it hit right before COVID because, you know, once COVID hit and the world shut down, he kind of just, he kind of forgot about it. So he really, to me, like, I don't know why he chose to do the interview on Tamron Hall. I don't really know if it was necessary, but he chose to do it. But basically, um, around January, February, beginning this year, he said that he was in Florida, uh, I think Miami for a wedding, which comes find out he wasn't. And he was found, um, well, he, uh, he was found unconscious. Well, he was, he, the guy that he was with, the male escort he was with in the hotel actually OD. He had to call the, um, he had to call the, the ambulance or whatever. So when they got there, he was really fucked up and he was kind of like, basically these photos of him being passed out and his vomit on a bathroom floor in the room. It was a lot of drugs in the room and it was a lot of like, you know, um, uh, injectables like to keep your, like keep our erection and things like that. So clearly it was some kind of sexual activity, drug activity. He says that he did not do the drugs in the room, but I mean, the whole thing was weird. Cause when you saw the pictures, it was drugs sprung all over the fucking room. And, um, yeah, so that was the big scandal with him because he's married with like three children. And so he goes on Tamron hall. Okay. So let me backtrack. So even then when everything came out, he basically said that he was, um, so he basically said that he was an alcoholic so he went, so he basically was like how he's going to rehab and how like, you know, the thing with the, um, with the election and everything, like it really took him into a downward spiral and he's in a dark place and he was going into, um, rehab for drinking. 
He never acknowledged why the man was in the room, things like that. I'm not trying to sit and say that I feel like he has to acknowledge anything. I, I don't know, but, um, you know, it was just some shady, shaky shit. So I felt like at the time, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to say I feel like he owed us a conversation, but he never acknowledged anything about the man in the room. And it was a male escort and that guy was not there for, um, a wedding. So when he comes back now, he does the Tamron Hall show, him and his wife. Um, they're talking, everything is kind of like, you know, fine. What I thought was kind of weird was that I don't think that Tamron Hall was really going to kind of go there in regards to whether or not he was like, in, in regards to his sexuality. Um, he kind of basically acknowledged it and was like how he was bisexual. Him and his wife was like, she knew he was bisexual and things like that. The only thing that made it weird to me was the fact of like, it made his story not really, um, uh, fluid because he basically talked about how he basically acknowledged and talked about how he, um, did not have sexual relations with a man in that room. So the fact that you're saying that you did not have sexual relations with a man, um, and none of that transpired, then I don't get why are we talking about your sexuality if you're saying that you didn't have sex with a man. So what did that have to do with anything? So to me, it made it seem like you're basically saying that you did have sex with a man and, and that you are bisexual, basically. That's kind of how I took it. Um, I don't know. So, I mean, when I first saw it in January or February, whenever this happened, I've, I, I thought he had sex with a the man then, you know, um, I don't know if him and his wife have, a arrangement. There is stories saying that they have some kind of open thing that could be the case. And that part to me is not, it's really, truly not our business. You know, I'm, I'm one of those people, like, I think, and I've said this before, I believe that you can set any rules that you want inside of your relationship with your person. Right. I think what makes it where everyone gets in your business is when you do messy shit like this and you embarrass your family and you embarrass your wife, you know, um, for me, like me, you know, having a family, like that's my moral compass for me, you know, knowing that I have a kid that, um, looks at what I'm doing and looks at how I carry myself. And I can't from, and this is Mika talking, like, I can't sit and tell you to be a good person if I'm not being a good person as the example for you. And so for me, like that's my moral compass. And so for him, like to have children and have a wife or whatever, even if y'all have an open situation, I feel like the fact that you were getting fucked up in this room, that's the part to me that made the whole thing a hot ass mess in my opinion. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if this interview really helped them or not, but at the same time, like do, I made a statement earlier in the year that I felt like his career was over. Um, but I mean, I think the world is more forgiving when it comes to men. And I think that you can have, uh, you know, you can have situations where men cheat and they do a lot of things and they're easily forgiven. Uh, so I don't know, but I mean, he was pretty much getting fast tracked on his career and he's still young. So I think he still could have a career or something in politics, I guess. Um, but I think the, uh, I think the thing that, that for me, 
this was pre-Trump. I guess I'm gonna say pre-Trump because now I feel like, I mean, Trump is a scandal in himself. So I feel like the fact that the president is that fucking tragic, you can have scandals and still fucking, you know, have a career, I guess. But I think pre-Trump, I think if this would have happened, I, I would have said that his career was pretty much over. That's pretty much what I would have pretty much said. Now I feel like maybe people could be a little more forgiving with it. I don't know because I would think before, I don't know if I would have voted for somebody that um, has a level of maybe dishonesty, a um, little sloppiness, um, you know, recklessness too. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I do wish him best of best of luck. I don't really know if, if the interview was really necessary and I don't really think the interview really helped him either. I will say that much. So I'm not really sure whose idea it was really. Um, and I didn't really know why his wife was there either. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we know why she was there, but I don't, I don't know. Y'all need to check that out so you can catch up on what I'm talking about. All right. So, um, let's just go to Tamar. I spoke a little bit about Tamar and a couple weeks ago when she was going into the, um, when I think she had like a suicide attempt, that's what they were saying. Uh, Tamar is actually one of my favorite singers. Um, so, uh, I follow her. I think she's hilarious. Um, and so I hate to see all of this stuff in regards to her. But I'm going to kind of give you guys just a catch up on what's going on. So it's it's even more craziness and it's just, I don't know. So David, her boyfriend at the time, um, he, uh, if you recall back, he was the one that found her unconscious in the hotel. Um, then he's been there the whole entire time. She's been one, she's been dating him since she, um, got divorced from Vince. And, um, basically this story comes out that he, um, you know, got a restraining order against her. So I'm like, Oh Lord, you know, so I'm going to try to give you kind of a backdrop of the story. And then we're going to kind of talk about it for a second. So let's see. David put up a video of him and Logan going to the beach with his mom and was like how, you know, moms need breaks and blah, 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 blah. When I saw the video personally, I didn't see anything wrong with it. You know, I even said that to my friend. I'm like, I didn't see anything wrong with the video, but at the same time, we don't really know what goes on in people's houses. That's the thing about celebrities and things about like, when you see these tabloids and shit like that, like you can, you don't really know what conversations have they previously had. And I also know just somebody that is a bonus parent to somebody else's kid, you know, there's levels to that shit. And it don't matter how long you've been around or how much you love that kid, you know, they have parents. And so you have to, um, you know, it's a lot of things like for a long time, like I didn't feel like I was comfortable with, or I had to ask before I did something or I had to, you know, do whatever because, you know, that's somebody else's kid. And so I don't know. I don't know if she was like, don't post my kid and he did it anyway, but whatever the case that ended up being where they got into an argument and Tamar was like, she feel like he's clout chasing. And he says that in the car, she hit him in the juggler. And so I guess that means she hit him in the throat. I, like I'm guessing across the, um, across the, the, uh, while he was driving. So from the passenger seat. So then he was saying that, so he got on, he got on Instagram live, I guess, like pleading his case. 
And I always think it's weird when men do shit like that. Like, I just think men and women are just two completely different things, right? And I don't feel like nobody really should be all whatever, whatever, whatever on these Instagram lives and shit. But I don't get like, why are you, why are you up there, sir? But anyway, so he gets on Instagram live. He's, you know, talking about mental health is important, blah, 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 blah. How this wasn't the first time it's been like a level of some kind of physicality from her part. Here's my thing though. And I by no means condone like putting your hands on anyone or, or any, any of that, any of that. Um, so my thing is, you know, I just feel like, um, I just feel like, you know, if, if your relationship is getting to a point that it's like this on any level, you need to leave. Right. So for him to say, this has been multiple times, um, it's a level of toxicity there. Like no one should be putting their hands on each other. Right. And so, but my thing is just, just being for real, like he can easily leave the situation. I don't get like why knowing that this woman just came out the hospital, um, knowing that she has all this shit going on and all that. I don't personally get like why he felt the need to go get a restraining order because from my understanding, I don't think it was like that to where he had to go get one. And so it's like, now you got the, the, the cameras on her and things on her and making it seem like she just absolutely fucking crazy. And then come to find out like, you know, Vince, her ex-husband, he actually, you know, they, they, it was leaked some text that he sent where he basically was like, look, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know what the fuck you got going on. I don't appreciate how you treating Tamar because apparently David was like how he was going to fucking kill her and kill himself like some murder suicide shit. So my thing is like, all I saw when I was looking at this was like, girl, that ain't, that ain't what you need in general. And that is not love. And if you date somebody that's sitting here talking about killing you, killing themselves and all that shit, that's not, that's not where you need to be because that's not something that you even want to fucking play with because that you, we see that shit happen all the time. Right. Um, and I don't take stuff like that lightly. I don't, I don't, I don't take anything like that lightly because you don't know. You can't say be like, Oh, that's him being crazy. No, but you don't know. You really don't. So I don't know. Like this whole thing is just really fucking weird, but I just hope that they, at this point, they just need to just be separate. You know, they need to leave that alone. I will say for Tamar and, and Mika's opinion, a lot of times like, and I've done it, I've done it right. When I was younger, you have this fucked up situation or, you know, you may have left this relationship where you weren't getting the things that you're wanting. And then you maybe meet somebody that, that gives you everything that you feel like you might've been missing from that situation. And it seems so great. But the point, but the problem is to all of that is that you didn't spend any time really relearning yourself and spending time with yourself and re start like learning to love yourself again. And, and, and also learn who you are as this person today. Tamar was with him Vince for like uh, 10, 12 years or something like since she was twenties all the way into her late thirties. Then right when they broke up, she automatically, boom, got in a relationship with David and that relationship with David might've seemed so perfect because he might've hit every box that she probably was missing from that relationship with Vince. But the thing is, is that did she ever do healing for herself and unpack the relationship from Vince, you know, and that could play a part. 
And a lot of times we jump from relationship to relationship. And why are you doing that? That's another question to ask. Like, what is it with you to where you're doing that? Do you have issues with being alone? You know, do you, what is it? Right. I think everybody love, love to a certain degree, but at the same time, like you can, you're never going to do that love any justice or love for yourself any justice. If you don't spend time with yourself and you got to heal. So my, my thing, you know, in my opinion with the Tamar thing is that I hope that she, um, really focus on her child, focus on herself and chill, you know what I'm saying? And that's, and that's what I really think. Um, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about how, um, it was actually Tamar Roman's podcast and she was talking about toxic relationships and she was talking about this and she was saying that basically a lot of this stemmed from, I guess, some of her issues was that. Um, Tamar has a show that came out called get your life and it, and Tamar and, uh, Tammy was saying that the show wasn't, it wasn't scripted at all. It was doc, it was shot documentary style. So basically how you were and how you presented yourself is pretty much what was presented period. So she was saying that with, um, with him, David, he was upset by the way that he was presented on the show because he's in like every episode. And so, you know, Tammy was saying that like, basically, but how you were, how you're presented was pretty much what you did on the show. Cause they didn't do any editing at all. Like usually reality shows, you see them do editing. So like that she was saying that they didn't do any editing. So everything was exactly how it was. And, um, and that's what kind of started some of this like issues they were having because apparently he didn't like how he came across on the show. I haven't started the show yet. I think it's been like two episodes now. Um, I haven't watched it yet. Um, cause I've been busy, but I plan to, to check it out. Um, and just see, you know, but apparently he looks very controlling and overbearing. And I mean, you know, the thing is, like I've said to y'all before, when you are in a fucking negative place, when you're around people that could be fucking giving you stress and then you already stress, it can take one moment for you to feel like I don't want to be here anymore. It's not it's like sometimes when people have suicidal thoughts or do suicidal things, it, it might not be something that's premeditated. It literally could be something that's just like, you know, this is this day at their break at that moment. And it can and it can happen. That's why I'm always stressing, like, take care of yourself. Your mental health is important. You know, check with your village. If you if you have your village, check in with them and things like that. So I don't know. But. I'm still praying for Tamar. I love Tamar. And so, you know, I hope that they split and be done with it because it's, it's clearly a toxic relationship. So another, um, I always felt like toxic relationship was Ray J and princess. Um, they announced that they were getting divorced. I wasn't really surprised by it at all. Um, to be honest with you, uh, I think Ray J, um, wanted to be single anyway. He was still out partying and doing whatever. I don't really necessarily know what Princess was doing, but I think that, um, when you start involving kids and you have, um, a tumultuous situation, cause I mean, I think like last year she was pregnant and she had the baby and he like left her ass in Vegas and like all type of shit. So it's just like, you know, sometimes I think people try to mold people into what they, what they want them to be instead of the person that they date and who they are. So it's like, you know, this is, this is who you, this is who the person is. And I feel like the person that I saw Ray J was the same person we've always saw. So, um, I don't know. 
hopefully they figure that out. But another, I guess what everybody was talking about this week was Cardi B filing for divorce from Offset, which is another one that I was like, I wasn't surprised by that either. The thing is that annoys me though. And oh man, (laughs) it wasn't funny, but it was like, it's not funny, but it was just funny because it was just like, you know, she, um, she files for divorce and then here's offset just being immature, just, just tragic. Like he's like how he misses grandma and all this stuff. And then he was, and he posts that. And then he posts another one with him, like flexing on the gram talking about, you know, you know, he good. Okay. Like if you're good or whatever it is, like, why are you, why are you posting that stuff? It just makes you look to me. It makes you look lame. I know that, you know, I, I don't know. They haven't said what exactly prompted this or whatever. You know, there's a lot, a lot of rumors and rumblings. Offset has been, um, has cheated, uh, quite a few times on, on, um, on Cardi. Um, I don't know if that's the case again. She basically just said that they grew apart. Um, but that was another divorce that, um, I wasn't really surprised. Uh, I wasn't surprised by. And, um, yeah, honestly, I think that, uh, Cardi, um, you know, I like Cardi B and I think her light is bright and it, and I don't personally think that, um, she made a statement before that I didn't agree with. Um, and basically saying that like how men cheat and, what the fuck she supposed to do about it and blah, blah, blah. And, um, I think we have to stop that narrative of like the fact that men cheat, like, yeah, they do women cheat too, but that don't mean that you just have to sit and just get cheated on. You know what I'm saying? Like just because of, you know, whatever the hell they got going on, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I think everybody deserves to, especially if you are saying that you are planning to be monogamous with each other. Like, I think you deserve to have a partner that want to be fucking monogamous. And that's, that's how I feel about it. So, um, I wasn't surprised by neither one of these divorce announcements, but, um, I just hope that, you know, they get their healing and move forward and, 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 and both are able to, uh, you know, co-parent cause both of these, you know, both of these couples, you know, have children and the children is what's most important. And I always tell people that children are always casualties of adults bullshit. And, um, and that's unfortunate. So, you know, I do hope that the, that they can, you know, work that thing out amicably and be co-parents. Um, cause that's, what's most important. All right. So let's see what else I want to discuss. Oh, let me discuss the verses real fast. So last week we saw the verses of Gladys Knight and Patty LaBelle, which when I tell y'all, I laughed so much the whole entire time. One, like, I don't even think this younger generation realized how much of a fucking pleasure and honor it was to see and watch that verses. Um, I will say that, um, I, I, <laughs> Patty LaBelle was hilarious and she was entertaining. But when I tell you the, the, um, the gem of the night was Gladys Knight because she sang every fucking song sitting down and she brought it, you know, I don't know what was going on with, with Patty, um, because she wanted to have music and Patty got a lot of fucking songs, you know, and, and they both, you know, got a lot of songs, but Patty act like she didn't want to sing. So I wasn't really sure what was going on with her. Um, so I think personally that, that Gladys Knight really brought it, you know, she really did. And so, um, so yeah, I, I was tickled by the verses, um, because you had Patty up there all in the mirror and she had her, you know, her luggage up there and her shoes and all that, and just very diva. And it was hilarious. Um, 
but I love the versus platform and I love that, you know, it brings so many different generations together in one place. Um, and we're all watching the same thing and just celebrating blackness. And so, um, I really love this, uh, this versus, um, it was hilarious, but I, I stayed up and watched it though. So I look forward to the next one. I don't, I don't know what the next one is though. They haven't, they haven't, uh, said what it is and what could it be at this point? I definitely, I, I feel like, uh, I feel like Missy need to be on there with somebody. Definitely. Missy got so many fucking songs and so many hits and she done wrote for so many people. God, that would be a crazy versus. I don't know who, I don't know who would go against her. I really don't. Timbaland, maybe? I don't know. So my last one I want to talk about, my last hot topic before we go get into the thought of the week. Um, so Maya Moore, she's a dumb BA player. Um, I think I spoke about her on one of these episodes. She basically has forfeited her seasons for the past two seasons um, for the NBA to fight for social injustice. And she was fighting for um, Jonathan Irons. Let me, let me make sure that's his name. I don't want to be telling you guys wrong here, but I'm pretty sure that's his name. Yeah, Jonathan Irons. So she um, she pretty much uh, sacrificed um, you know, her career to... Um, to help get him out of jail. He basically has been in, incarcerated, I think since he was 18 on like a burglary charge, but he actually wasn't even there on the scene. So it was overturned and he was released um, because he was basically conv- wrongfully convicted, which is amazing. And then, um, so what we saw this week is that they actually ended up getting married. So um, they're making a documentary on that. Um, and I think that's, I don't, I don't really know how all of it happened. And like, did they fall in love? Like during this, her trying to get them out of jail and things like that. And just them talking. Um, but yeah, I'm, I will actually tune into that documentary and check that out. They seem really, really happy. Um, and so, yeah, um, I would tune into that documentary and, and look at it because I'm actually curious to know, like, I guess their love story, um, and, and what happened and how it all took place. So, um, I wanted to finish the hot topics on some kind of level of good news. Uh, cause I just went through a whole bunch of mess, but, um, but yeah, I'm interested to see that they were on good morning America with Robin Roberts. I didn't watch that either. I need to watch it. Um, and, uh, and, uh, they, they do have a documentary coming, so I'm going to check that out too, but congrats to them on, in regards to that. And, uh, so this week I told you guys that for the thought of the week, um, I was going to talk a little bit about self-love and love languages. So let's just get into that. All right. So this week for the thought of the week, um, we are covering using the five love languages um, to boost the most important relationship in your life. And that's the one with yourself. Um, I say this all the time, uh, and this is something that, uh, for me, I had to learn over time, you know, to be completely honest, um, and really work on building a relationship with myself. And that's really what I've gained the most from therapy is really thinking about, um, my relationship with myself and how to be completely honest for a very long time, I was doing a real disservice to myself. And that's what made me really start thinking about things that I needed to maybe correct or things that I needed to, um, 
you know, really, really work on. All right, so the five love languages, just to go back over it, and I do have an episode on love languages, um, and I think that was episode seven, I think. Um, but the five love languages is words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. A lot of times when um, people struggle with like self-care and like self-love and things like that, it's almost sometimes I feel like people feel like, um, that they're going to be, that they're like a narcissist or they're selfish for wanting to take care of themselves. And I always tell people like when it comes to yourself, sometimes you have to be selfless and it's a matter of balance. Like, you know, when you're being selfish, some people might not know, but you know, when you're being selfish, but if like, for example, say you're a mom, right. And I have a lot of mom friends. And I'll tell like, like my, one of my friends, Brooke, um, she's actually going to be on here pretty soon. And she struggles sometimes with like mommy guilt in a sense. And so I always tell her like, you are an amazing mom. And if you want to square away, you know, squirrel away 45 minutes to yourself, that doesn't mean that you're a bad mom. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, but it's the matter of her not wanting to be selfish in regards to her kid, but you're not being selfish. And I think that's what people, that's what make people struggle with like self-care is because they have that guilt in them of like, you know, not wanting to be this person and you're not that person. Right. So, um, those are things that I think first you have to kind of get out of your mind when it comes to, uh, you know, um, starting your self-care journey and just a matter of self-love. So, when I talked about love languages before I talked about love languages from the standpoint of you and other relationships, I didn't talk about it from the standpoint of you and your relationship with yourself, because what people don't realize is your relationship with yourself is so vital and so important because if you cannot one love yourself and don't know what, like what speaks to love for you, well, it's going to be hard for you to, um, maybe even, uh, receive love or, uh, even be able to fully love people properly. If you're not even loving yourself properly. Right. And you got to make sure that your love tank is full too. Um, the lesson that I learned in my life, to be honest with you, was that I used to think that if I did all of these things for other people, that they would do all these things for me, you know, in return, like reciprocity, and sometimes relationship and love is not always like that. It should be like that, but it's not always like that. And you can't, you can't put all of your happiness dependency on a person. I think it's unfair to that person to put that level of dependency on them. So you have to do some things for yourself to make yourself happy. And that's something that I've always kept in the back of my mind. And I, and I try to do things to make myself happy. You know, I come on here every week. I do this pod. I love to read books. I love to spend a little time playing little video games. I enjoy being outside and going for runs and things like that. And as small as those things are, and I love to cook too. And as small as those things are, those are things that make me happy. And those are things that I try to spend a lot of time in. And I still am able to be available to my family. I'm still able to be available to my friends, but I'm also doing what's right for myself. And when I find like sometimes... Um, not doing these things, I have to really kind of 
talk to myself in regards to that and like get my shit together because that is very, very, um, important. So I'm going to just kind of go over, um, just some of the love languages and, and, um, and how they speak to self, like how you can do these love languages based on self. I said earlier, and I'm pretty sure cause I looked this up, you can do a love language test based on yourself. So how you show yourself love. Um, I will say like for me, and it's interesting, my love languages, as far as like a love relationship is physical touch and quality time. Um, my love languages, uh, with the child is probably quality time. And, uh, I'm pretty sure is, um, acts of service. Uh, and so mine is completely different when it comes to, um, when it comes to him. And so, um, let's just go over what some of these love languages look like in regards to yourself. So, okay. All right. So if you are a worst affirmation person, um, affirmation could be something you say to yourself. Uh, so it could be, um, you know, you saying affirmations. I do that a lot, especially if I'm having a negative day, I try to do a little affirmations. Um, so you can say it out loud or in your head, you can write it down in a journal. You can create self-love mantras to yourself. Um, those are the main things. I also sometimes will, you know, read a story in the Bible that might give me some upliftment or things like that. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's pretty much one of the, some of the main ones. Um, you also could do, uh, I, I also saw something else where it was saying that, um, practicing gratitude is a way to, um, self-affirm. So that could be something else that you think about. So acts of service. Um, so for people with this love language, that could be doing something for yourself, obviously. So it could be organizing your closet. It could be making a, a amazing meal for yourself. Um, so what people don't realize is when it comes to this, um, you know, we have to take care of ourselves first, right? And so you have to do things for yourself. That's going to make you one happy, but two, like a level of taking care of yourself. So I know some people who they enjoy cleaning and that's what, like what they thrive on. And so when they're finally done with cleaning and able to sit in a clean house, like it actually kind of like gives them like happy feelings. So that would be an example of acts of service, um, you know, to yourself. The next one is receiving gifts. And this is what's funny. I'm not, uh, um, I'm not big on gift, gift, uh, receiving from people. Like I don't really care about that stuff. Like even for my birthdays, like I'm more like my birthday is coming on Tuesday actually. And I more so just like, you know, I want to spend time and see you. I think I asked for books this year and like, um, money, you know, um, cause I'm, I don't really, I'm not really big on all of that because, um, I'm pretty much very blessed where I can kind of like get whatever it is that I want for myself. And so like for material items, like I pretty much get those things for myself. So I don't really, um, that doesn't really speak to my love tank from other people. Like I love gifts. Don't get me wrong, but it's not something, it's not my strongest love language, um, personally. And so, but when it comes to my personal relationship with myself, uh, 
I love to treat myself, you know, and it, and it's not always like big, huge purchases, right? Um, it sometimes it is, but for the most part, it's like buying myself a new book or, you know, splurging on a journal or, you know, buying myself a video game or something like that. And like, I do that all throughout the year. I think that's why I'm like, not really one of those people that like, you have to do all this stuff for, it's not really necessary for me because I kind of do that for myself. Um, so it's interesting. And that's why I always say like your love languages are probably different and it could be different from, you know, from how you are as far as like, um, your self-love. So it was pretty interesting when I actually sat and thought about my self-love for myself because, uh, yeah, it, it is different for me. Um, cause that's actually probably number one for me is receiving gifts and treating myself to things. And honestly, it could be a matter of me taking myself out to eat. You know, those are part of those, those are a part of it. All right. So the next one is, um, quality time. So quality time with yourself might be a period of solitude or self-reflection or time for your self-care practices. So that could be you taking a bath. It could be you sitting in silence. I actually enjoy sitting in silence and I love sitting in silence sometimes and, um, reading a book, uh, or just sitting there and quiet in general and then knocking out, you know, some of the, um, some of the noise. It also could be you doing, you know, you could go out for a run. It could be you going to a class of some form, like a, a fitness class, yoga. You know, those are things that's um, uh, quality time. It's pretty much like the time that you spend with doing your hobbies. So whatever your hobbies are, whatever you're into, that would be quality time with yourself. Um, I will say this much. I kind of cringe sometimes when I hear people say, that they can't do things by themselves. And I don't get that. And I think when you can't do things by yourself, that's you doing a disservice to yourself. Because if you can't do things by yourself, like ever, like I can go to the movies by myself. I can go sit at a bar and eat by myself. Like all of that. Because you should be your own best friend. Really. You're like your love for yourself should be that deep. And you don't have to have people in a crowd and all that, because if you got to have that, you got some kind of level of insecurities that you need to work through. And that's just the truth. If you, if you have to do everything with the crowd, why? Like, I like my friends. I love my friends, but I don't got to do everything with them because I can do some things with myself. So I just something to think about, but if quality time is your thing and that's your jam with yourself, that's basically you just focusing on your, focusing on your hobbies. And that's, you know, that's pretty much what that means. All right. So the net, the last one is physical touch. Um, physical touch could be pretty much anything, right? Um, it could be stretching. It could be putting on clothes. It could be putting on clothes that feel good against your skin. It could be, um, giving yourself a massage like, you know, or, you know, rubbing lotion in or even down to doing little things like your nails and things like that. That's kind of like physical touch, um, for yourself. Um, it could be you cuddled up in a blanket with yourself. Um, so those are things to kind of think about. The main thing that I wanted to more so kind of discuss today when it comes to love languages is I really, I really, really believe in love languages. Um, it has helped me so much just with building and, ke- and keeping relationships, but it's helped me so much with the relationship with myself and a lot of things that I talk about on here are things that I really, really personally feel um, that are important. And that's actually helped me, 
right? Because I used to be a person that um, could not be alone, like absolutely hated it. You know, I could not do anything by myself. Um, and I don't really know why that was, you know, but I also think I never really took the time to spend time for myself and think about the things that were going to make me happy and things that were going to be pleasing and fulfilling for me. I think once you get to the point that you have an understanding of yourself, it's going to help you so much when it comes to what you're willing to deal with, what you're not willing to deal with, who you're willing to deal with, who you're not willing to deal with, and how much strong you're going to be as a person. And that's what I mostly want you to realize is that, you know, the amount of energy you put in yourself and not in a crazy narcissist way, in a healthy way. But the amount of way that you, the amount of time and efforts you put in yourself is only going to help you be and really know yourself. And that way, if you ever have a love relationship or you have friendships with people, you can be better in those friendships and relationships because you're going to be solid in yourself. If you're solid in yourself, you can't be swayed. You can't be peer pressure. You can't be nothing because you're solid in yourself. And it's going to take time for you to be solid in yourself by you spending time with yourself. So that's just something that, um, you know, just to think about and be reflective on this week. Uh, and that's all I have for the thought of the week. Um, this is a pretty good episode and I was glad to finally get back on here and catch up with you since I did have the week off. Uh, I also want to remind you that, um, you can find me on social media. I'm always open for feedback. Definitely go and follow my pages. My Instagram is at is just my thoughts underscore podcast. My Twitter is at IJMT podcast. You can also email me, it's ijmtpodcast at gmail.com. Like always, I thank you so much for listening. It's Mika here and I appreciate you.